0: It's The Shop on the Daily Shuffle. And now, here's Chip Souza. Heidi oh, Ho, it is Thursday afternoon, and we are bringing you The Shop. We are the sports reporters for the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and I'm joined today by Ricky Fires and Henry Apple. Got Paul Boyd on assignment. He's out covering the 6A. Tennis tournament going on over at Fayetteville today, uh, or excuse me, Springdale Harbor today. So he's out on assignment doing that and handling all that, and we're holding it down in here for you. Boys, we got some cooler weather coming in tomorrow.
1: Cannot wait for that. I'm excited. It's now going to start feeling like real football weather. We're, you know, The crisp fall fall air and stuff like that. Not this 85 degrees with a heat index of 91.
0: Got my winter shorts laid out, Ricky. Got my winter shorts laid out ready for tomorrow. Now, you know the difference in winter shorts and summer shorts, right? I do not. Anybody know that difference in winter shorts and summer shorts? Mm -hmm. Summer shorts, you wear a T-shirt. Winter shorts, you wear a hoodie. So you got your winter shorts and your summer shorts. See, I, didn't know I was a fashion fashion guy, did you? I'm, no, I'm, I'm, no, I'm I had all no about idea. that. Of
2: all the people, uh, you'd be the least one. I think a <laughs> my, fashion guy.
0: My wife would agree with that.
2: Hey, but we're halfway there
0: in the regular season, right? We, Living out of prayer, Bon Jovi, we, we got that. We are halfway there. We are through four weeks of the football season. But before we get into uh, football today, we have some other fall sports going on in the, yes. in the uh, going on right now. And the biggest one, biggest event this weekend is going to be the Chili Pepper Cross Country Festival yes. down in Fayetteville. And we're now joined by. Michelle 5 the cross-country coach at Bentonville. Coach, thanks for joining us today. Well,
3: I'm the cross-country coach at Fayetteville. Oh,
0: sorry. Oh, Fayetteville. I'm sorry. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> well, that's okay. Just want to get that
0: clear. <laughs> uh, yes. I will, Thank you for correcting. See, that's why you have to have somebody come behind me and edit everything I write because, you know, who knows what I might write. Thank you, Coach, for correcting me on that.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: So, your girls gearing up and, and uh, getting ready. I guess this big uh, uh, cross-country meet going on this weekend, you know, this – I mean, this – this is an opportunity because it's not just a high school event; it's you know it's college as well. So, mm-hmm. having, you know, having your runners there on the same course and there alongside, I mean, these are some of the best cross country runners in the country. H- how much of an impact does that have on on your on the on the high school kids? Do you think?
3: Oh well, they see them you know almost every day out on the trails at Markham, out at Grey Park, and it they're definitely you know looking at them and, and seeing um, their work ethic. And seeing how hard they push themselves, and so definitely it adds a little extra, you know, bonus for my kids to be able to run with the run with these greats.
2: Hey, this is uh, Rick Fire and Michelle. Uh, I'll be covering the high school portion. Can you help a brother out? What are top teams and top runners I should be looking for? I got a pin right here. I need your help.
3: Um, the top runners from who? Are yeah, in, in this area.
2: In this area, I, I know they oh, have a lot area. of yeah.
3: Um, well, there's Lucas Papp from Bentonville. Okay. Um, Daniel Mayberry from Bentonville, and then I have um, Carter Betts, Jack Williams, um, Gabe Craig, Anton Michna, and Hudson Betts. Um, and on the girl side, Allie Nautigal is having a great year. As is Grace Litzinger from Fayetteville, and then um, Carson Weismiller. From uh, as a freshman running for Fayetteville, and she's um, doing really well this year, is also. How about you? the
2: top teams are, are right from uh, this area?
3: Um, I don't know. That's it's kind of you know, we it's it's right now it seems uh, there, there's oh, Ruben Reina also. I mean, you mentioned yes. Ruben, he's he's been killing it.
0: Well, that's all um, you need to know, um, Reyna. So, anybody with the last name yeah, Reyna, right. we know they're gonna be
3: Ex- good. exactly. He's yeah. great, and um, uh. Um, I'm thinking Bentonville's always going to be good. Rogers is always going to be good. Harbor's good this year. We're trying to put together a great team, so everybody's improving and getting stronger. So it's going to be it's going to be a dogfight really throughout the rest of the season.
0: Michelle, you guys are kind of about the halfway point uh, of the cross country season. The Chili Pepper comes at a really good time, I guess, for you guys. Is this 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 event kind of give you a barometer or an idea of where you are going into the conference and the state meets?
3: Um, it does, it it does, but it doesn't because it's it's such a big meet. So you're going to have, um, so many different runners coming in that are going to be in between the local runners. So it's hard to tell where we're going to fall sometimes from this race, but it's, it's great competition. South Lake Carroll's coming there in the top five in the nation. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's a great, uh, great competition, which only makes our Northwest Arkansas runners stronger if they are able to face those, those better, you know, those teams that are just, phenomenal so it gives us some idea but you never know <laughs> exactly. beauty of cross-country
1: yeah. um, michelle uh as someone who has studied cross-country for quite a few years now uh go, i know going into this season uh fayetteville takes a a big loss when you lose someone so dynamic as cameron fisher Absolutely. who has run for the last three years but then this team turns around. You have won at Missouri Southern. You just recently won your division at Rimrock at the University of Kansas. What is the biggest difference between this year's group and groups in the past?
3: Um, they're, they're brothers. Um, this year's group is a, is a band of brothers. These guys have been running together since junior high, and they um, love each other. They, they pushed each other all summer. They have been working super hard all this, um, since school started and they are their best friends. They're being each other's weddings. You know, these guys would, would bleed for each other and they just, they want it and they are hungry and they really want to go out and have a great season and ends on it because three of them are seniors and they want to go out and end this year on a, on a super high note. And, um, they just, they're, they're, they're brothers.
2: Hey, speaking of Cameron, uh, he's up there at Princeton, big academic school. How's he doing up there? And has he been calling you for help on his homework up there? <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, uh, we, we, we talk quite a bit. Um, you know, he's I, I spent so much time with him. He's kind of like family, and his yes. family is also family. Um, but he races Saturday morning at 830 in his first um, collegiate race at oh, Lehigh. So I'm going to be following that um, as I before I run out to Chili Pepper. But yeah, he's um, he's loving it. He's getting to experience things that you know he would never have if he didn't uh, find that passion for running. So he's loving it up there, and just I'm enjoying hearing his, his about his journey from him,
0: Michelle. Somebody, a young person, you know, maybe a sixth grade or boy or girl or someone like that who um, is kind of looking for a sport to, to move to, maybe not, uh, you know, big enough for football or whatever, what, what advice would you give them about, you know, looking into cross country as, as a sport they could do?
3: Um, well, it's a, it's a sport that is going to challenge you, um, but it's also going to put you with a group of people who are, um, have a similar focus and a similar drive. And they're going to push you to be your best, but also the, the bonds and the friendship you make. I mean, riding the school bus for hours together is, you know, a, a, just one of those the great bonding acts. And just all that time you spend. And, and running is also the kind where if you suffer together, you kind of have this, this something in common. And so you understand the, the, the pressures and you understand um, how much it takes to be a, be a runner. And so it gives you that kind of a bond as a team that is, is something beautiful to watch grow from when kids start with you in ninth grade and run through 12. So we are fantastic.
0: Yeah. We're talking with Michelle Fife, the cross country coach at Fayetteville.
1: Oh, you got it right this time. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I know we've talked a lot about the boys, but, uh, real quick, uh, the girls side, uh, Grace Litzinger has done well for you. Mary Margaret Harris yep. has also done a great job for you this year.
3: Yes, she has. My girls have really come on. They've, um, they, I had a, there was a lot of freshmen that um, came up um, from uh, Woodland and Ramey and so my girls were like no this freshmen aren't beating us so they've been out there working hard all summer and been running really well I'm really proud of them so okay. the girls have been super
0: fun to coach coach we are going to sprint to the finish line right here good listen good luck to you guys on saturday i know you will represent northwest arkansas well in the chili pepper thanks for coming on with us again i apologize for getting the wrong school but you corrected (laughs) me and i learned from my mistakes let that be you guys understand that sometimes yeah absolutely coach thanks for joining us good luck on saturday
3: thank you so much for having me and thank you for the wishes
0: we're going to take a break right here we will be right back with the shop Now, back to the shop with Chip Sousa. Just keep my mouth shut and let uh, Zach keep spinning that that song. How how do you follow Eric Clapton? (laughs) (laughs) don't. Wow. Uh, You're listening to the shop. What a great day. Today is Thursday. We're going to get some cooler weather in here tomorrow. It's finally going to feel like fall. Uh, got some big high school football games going on across the area. And, uh, boy, none of them are bigger than the one that will be played in the 4A1 conference tomorrow. We've got Gravit, winners of two in a row, going against Prairie Grove. And we are now joined by Kelby Bohannon, the first-year head coach at Gravit. Coach, thanks for uh, for jumping on with us today.
4: Oh, thank you guys so much for having me
0: man you guys have got it kind of turned around a little bit over there and you've won a couple of games in a row and and, and uh folks over at gravity or seem like they're you know on cloud nine coach kind of tell me what's going on over there in, in the community and and uh how excited they are
4: well we've uh got quite the buzz going on over here and you know it's been really fun it's been terrific for our kids you know the amount of uh support we're getting from our community and school has been awesome uh you know we couldn't ask for much more and uh, we're just looking forward to you know whatever we're what well, you know what we're going to be able to put together
0: here. Coach last year, you guys were you know with one and nine, and you know Gravit has been a, a pretty competitive team in the four a in in class four a for the last ten years or so, um, had a little bit of a coaching change and and took a little speed bump last year, um, then had a coaching change. and coach, you came over to Gravit with Coach Greenwood. Um, from, from Jinx, and so what was that like, that whole process of kind of bringing in, you know, a, a new philosophy, a new, a new dynamic or a new culture into that program over at Gravit?
4: Well, it was, uh, it was, you know, quite a bit of a challenge we went through a year ago, and um, actually, I didn't know Coach Greenwood. Um, he brought me over uh, he was at Jinx, like you said, and I was a, a special teams coordinator and defensive backs coach at Bixby, and so we had actually uh, coached against one another and knew a lot of the same folks. Um, but uh, he knew that I was interested in getting over to Arkansas. My wife is from here, and so you know we were looking to make a, a decision that was best for our family, and that's kind of how we got here. Um, and it's been really good. You know, we like you said, we went through some some bumps along the road last year. Uh, getting some things turned around, but, you know, uh, uh, the staff that we have now, you know, has really bonded with the kids, you know, and I can't say enough for them. They deserve all the credit in the world for, you know, grinding everything out and just playing their tail ends off at this point.
2: Did you say Bixby? So so you know Roy D. Mercer?
4: I am familiar. Okay, we're good (laughs) neighbors.
2: Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Absolutely. Hey. Um. Okay. uh, Prairie Grove. They started off slow and looked like they got a big win. Opened up conference play. Uh, They've been a pretty much perennial power in that league. Uh, You seen film on them? What about Prairie Grove? You think that could give your team fits? Got to guard. they're
4: going to be. They're going to be a tough team, no doubt. Uh, You know, Coach Absher's done a terrific job there over his stint you know know, they run the wing teeth to perfection um, you know and that's hard to simulate in practice and they're really good at what they do and you know we've just continued to stress to our kids you know about being disciplined and you know sticking to your assignment and being ready to go for 48 minutes because you know that's exactly what you're going to get from Prairie Grove they're going to play hard for 48 minutes and you know I'm just hoping our kids are up for the challenge.
0: We were talking with Kelby Bohannon, the first year head coach at Gentry. I mean, excuse me, Gravit. <laughs> if you, heard, if you yeah. heard that first segment, yeah, you might coach, want to watch that. Yeah, yeah. That'll yeah. Get you in trouble over yeah. Here. If you yeah. heard that first segment, I, I credited the cross country coach at Fayetteville from being at Bentonville. So that's kind of a little inside joke there. Uh, we know you. We know Gravit and Gentry are big time rivals. So, Coach, um, you know, Coach Greenwood last year, you know, he we he had some health issues, had to step down. Um, you know, when they came to you and and said, hey, you know, would you consider this job? What was, you know, what was your first thought that went through your mind being, you know, being a young coach like you are?
4: Well, uh, you know, it it took a little bit of time to think on it. You know, not a lot. Just we knew what, you know, we had ahead of us. And, you know, and that was going to put in some work and not that we're uh, worried about going and, and putting that in, you know, but my wife and I, we sat down and decided, you know, that this was best for our family you know and again we've got some we've been able to grow some tight connections here and again i couldn't ask more from our kids you know they've uh you know really bought into everything that we've done and it's it's been a fun couple of weeks
1: kelby uh you started the season off with losses to a very good tulsa team in cashew hall and then uh Right now, I currently an unbeaten Farmington team, but then the next two weeks, you have really turned it around with wins over Jay, Oklahoma, and then opened up conference play beating Lincoln. What was the biggest thing that led to this turnaround? Um, again,
4: it goes back to our kids. They are incredibly resilient. You know, like I said, we went through a tough year ago, and you know we got a lot of those same kids back and a lot of them played as sophomores, and we went through our growing pains. But they've just bought into what, you know, our staff has, you know, put in front of them. Uh, They just play tremendously hard. You know, I think Coach Cole and Coach Gowan, the guys who really kind of orchestrate our offense, have been able to put, you know, our kids in some space. And we've got some athletes that can, you know, make some plays. And defensively, you know, we're really running through the football right now and, and playing with a lot of aggression and passion. And it's been fun to just watch them do their thing.
0: Coach, I know your numbers have kind of been down over there a little bit the last couple of years. Um, what, what are your numbers like now? Do you, are you are you playing a lot of kid, kids both ways, or are you kind of how's that working out with you as far as the numbers are concerned?
4: Yeah, we're running about thirty five kids right now. And, you know, most of our guys do go both ways, so uh, we knew we were going to be a little short handed in the summer. So you know, we really tried to stress conditioning and and toughness and all aspects of it. You know, both physically and mentally. And our kids have responded, you know, and I think that's why we're able to say we're two and two right now.
0: Good deal. I know, you know, the conference will have a little bit of a different look next year. Um, you're going to be losing P Ridge. They'll be going to five A. Be a little bit of a shakeup there, but uh, you know, probably more schools. It'll be closer to your size, and that should make for, I think, a better overall balanced conference, don't you?
4: I think so. You know, um, you know, there's no doubt that we're losing two, you know, really good opponents and. You know, but I think we're going to get some talent coming in, too. We went to Elkins here not very long ago for a junior high game, and they really had a tough squad. So, uh, even in the future, we know we'll have our work cut out for us.
1: Yeah. With with that in mind, I know we're talking a little bit about the future and all that, but uh, when you lose a team like P. Ridge, you lose a team like um, Lincoln, uh, how have you gone about filling maybe your non-conference schedule?
4: Um. Well, uh it's funny that you should ask um, because we're going to uh, be tri- making a couple of trips back to Oklahoma again. You know, Jay's a team that we've played for I don't know how many years uh, in a row. And so it's it's a really good, close, you know, game. And it's kind of turned into a rivalry, which will be really good for us. Um, and, we, you know, with, the, with everything, the way it happened so late, uh, we were kind of scrambling to try to get some scheduled things going. Coach Greenwood had already made an agreement with Pryor, and so I wanted to, you know, uphold that agreement. And so Pryor, Oklahoma, will be another team that we play, which will be um, week two, I believe, and then week one will be Inola, Oklahoma, which is a three A school just off of four twelve.
0: Well, Coach, we're about up against a break. I know you've got a whiteboard filled with. uh fielded plays to to, uh, to take on uh, Prairie Grove this week. And, uh, again, uh, congratulations on uh, you know winning uh, you know back-to-back games for you guys, especially the one in conference play last week, which yes, is the sir. biggest one. Yes, so, sir. Coach, good luck to you guys uh, tomorrow night, and uh, go Lions.
4: Yes, thank you, sir. Go Lions.
0: We've been talking with Kel- Kelby Bohannon, the uh, first-year football coach at Gravit. We're going to take a break right here and uh, hang with us. You're listening to The Shop, part of the Daily Shuffle. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
1: It's The Shop on The Daily Shuffle. Now back
0: to Chip Sousa. I can't go for that, Rick. I can't go for that. I can't go for that. I cannot go for that. Here we go. Who sings that? I don't know. It's one of those seventies songs, Oh, Maybe maybe early eighties, but but I think seventies. So uh rolling along today, you're listening to the shop. And a great afternoon, Thursday, tomorrow, Friday. I think you're gonna actually be able to get your, your fall hoodie out, go out and enjoy some high school football, might have a little bit of a chill in the air, maybe maybe in the fifties uh for the get for game time tomorrow night.
1: Very interesting. So, uh, yeah, you may have to dress for all occasions, one for before the game and one for after the game.
0: Dress in layers. That way you can you put them on, take them off as you need to. Ricky, I know you know all about that. So,
2: Man, I love the hot chocolate. And the, you know what? I'd like a caramel apple. Is there anybody uh, uh, sell caramel apples at their games?
0: Well, we'll look and see. I'm with, I bet with Halloween coming up, they'll probably have some somewhere. Oh, I love me a caramel apple. Absolutely. So we were just talking about uh, – the SMU Mustangs are off. Yep. They are off to their best start probably since pre-death penalty days. Uh, I think it was the mid '80s was the last time they they started out like this. And uh, a lot of the credit um, for SMU success this year has to be uh, given to one of our boys, Rhett Lashley, the offensive yep. coordinator uh, from Shiloh Christian. Um, he coached with Gus Malzon at Auburn and was a head coach at. Not Stanford, where Rick Fires went to school. Samford. Oh, Samford. Yeah. Like Samford. See, I went to Samford's Sanford son. son. There yeah. you go. Uh, so, uh, But anyway, you're doing a great job at SMU. And, and uh, man, the ponies are, are rolling. Yeah, and that follows Gus, you know, which
2: is uh, Auburn is undefeated. And, and Eli Drink, Drinkowitz over there at Appalachian
0: State uh, beat um, North Carolina. So what we're saying is that book that Gus wrote, The Hurry Up No Huddle, is a hot commodity right now. Everybody's trying to get their hands on a copy of that book. I don't think that's correct, but, no? okay. uh, all right. but uh, they're winning. So uh, got that going on. Uh, also, yesterday, Henry covered the final round of the 6A State Girls Golf Tournament over at Fayetteville Country Club. Henry, kind of give us a little brief rundown of what happened over there yesterday in the final round.
1: Well, individually, all you have to know is the name Mackenzie Lee. Wow. Geez. A North Little Rock sophomore who tore up that course Uh shot a one over in the first round while she said the only thing she had on her mind was such a comfortable lead yesterday she said i just want to break par she did it one under hit a birdie on number 17 to get that uh under par and she won it like 15 strokes over the next competitor and folks she still got two more years to go there was a there's a big golf uh
0: between her and the and the second place golfer but uh you know what? A, what a tremendous individual! Now, the, on the team in the team uh, race, Henry, you got you got to see a really great uh, a playoff there for that one.
1: Yeah, uh, and, and I know I'm fixing to get in trouble for what I'm about to say, but uh, you know, don't do it. Uh, you know, as we said on the break, you know, I, I should get these shirts. Says, uh, "Lead me not to temptation. I can find it all by myself." No, right? How, how to get there? <laughs> but uh, as the final holes were being played and progressed. Uh, Scott Passmore, the athletic director at Bentonville, had said, Hey, can I tweet it out that Bentonville's going to win it? And I kept telling him, No, it's too early. There's four holes left. Kind of celebrating a little early there. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's yeah. dangerous. It's dangerous. And sure enough, I know I have gotten in trouble for doing this. And certainly, you try to write your story ahead of time, then all of a sudden, something switches around. And it's called the jinx. You cannot, you know, you don't mess with the
0: juju. It's
2: it's
1: like like Joe Boo. You don't mess with, uh, you know, whatever. Right. Yes. And so, you know, and then you have to, here it comes. Bentonville had a six stroke lead going to the final hole against Fayetteville. But their three golfers went double bogey, double bogey, triple bogey. It's like they're taking lessons from me. Mm Mm-hmm. And while Fayetteville's three golfers went par, par, bogey, aha, uh-huh. there went that six-stroke lead, and we got into a deadlock tie. Okay, so had to break the tie. So two golfers from each team went back to number eighteen and played that hole again. Where Bentonville won it. Uh, their two, three com- yeah, their
0: two combined for a
1: seven. Yes. on the two on the hole, and the Fayetteville golfers went ten. Went ten. Yeah, so because and. Give it up to Kinsley Miller, who, okay, on the regular the regular round, she had just double bogeyed this hole, number 18. She hits a good fair, you know, tee shot in the fairway. Everybody's in the fairway, but her second shot lands within one foot of the hole.
0: I can't even wrap my mind around that, Rick. I, now, the only way I'm getting within one foot of the hole. Now, when I play golf, I keep a hole in my right pocket with a ball in my pocket so that when I lose my ball, suddenly it it's, it just appears. <laughs> that's, that's the Bill Clinton way of golf. Did you know that's how Bill Clinton played? Kept a kept a hole in his pocket in the ball, and he'd just mysteriously find his ball, and he's out on the golf course. So I'm not going any farther with that. Okay. Leaving okay. it right there. Yep. Yeah. Leaving it right there.
1: So, so, so that set up for her, a beautiful birdie putt, just a one-foot one. I think maybe I could hit that one. A, may, on a, uh, oh, hit it? A oh, I course. could definitely hit it. I <laughs> might have to hit it three or four times, but I could uh, hit it. Yeah, and then uh, – her teammate parted while Fayetteville, uh, their problems got compounded a little bit when one of the girls uh, on her second shot, it went over the green. Flew the green. And into the cart path and out of bounds. Ouch. So That's one plus that led, one. Yep. Yeah, and that led to a double bogey. So uh, so Bentonville gets its third straight uh, state championship. But, man, it was a whole lot different than last year when they won it by 57 strokes on wow. the next team.
2: Now, I was over there the first day, and this thing, this is what's good about uh, athletics, getting out there and competing. Uh, Springdale High has only two girls on their team. They don't even have a full team. But I was looking at the scoring leaders, and, you know, they cut half the field. And this girl, I don't know what, she shot 128 or something. But uh, her coach went over there and told her, and she was absolutely thrilled about it. And and that's what the competing in sports. You know, A- absolutely. She wasn't going to be amongst the leaders, but that little girl was tickled to death, and we was all tickled for her that she got to uh, do well enough to play another day. That's why high school's – uh, athletics is all about getting out there and competing.
0: Rick, I will say this and, and this goes against the face, flies against, in the face of the eSport people out there, yeah. but anything you can do that gets you off that couch and active and walking and, and active is a good thing it doesn't matter yep. You know, not everybody's going to be able to put that trophy up in the room, it's about getting out there and competing and just being active
1: Yep, absolutely Yeah, and, and there's a variety of ways to do it, golf uh, cross country. Cross country. Right now, we've got the 6A West Conference Tennis Tournament hanging at Harbor. Uh, biking. To, yeah, biking. Tuesday night, I saw a great volleyball match between yes. Bentonville and Springdale Harbor. I'm expecting another one, good one tonight when Fayetteville plays Rogers. So, uh, there's so many variety of ways you could just get out there, you know, have a little fun.
0: Yep. Now, speaking of mountain biking, I typed in last night all the mountain biking results from the second NICA mountain biking uh, competition that they had over the weekend down in fort smith and barling so you know mountain biking is is rapidly becoming a big sport in in, uh, not just in northwest arkansas but all across the state and even into oklahoma and uh if you've not seen what these kids are doing on the mountain bikes there's a league called nica n-i-c-a i I can't remember it's national inter Scholastic Cycling Association. I can't believe I even remembered that. Uh, but anyway, uh, on their Facebook page, you'll love this, Ricky and, and, and Henry, their Facebook page, the picture that, that uh, I guess their profile picture or whatever is a picture of a kid, and his face is just covered in mud. You know, from the tire ahead of yeah. him, throwing mud back in his face, and he's got the biggest smile on his face, but his face is just wow. covered in mud. And uh, that, you know, that's what uh, that's what it's all about. You know, getting out there and being active, and and finding finding find what you like and and do it. Whether you know whether you're the best at it or like me, usually the worst at it, mm-hmm. just get out there and do it. Well, if you don't want mud in your face, I guess
2: you need to uh, be in first place. Then, that would right? that would help.
0: Yeah, that would help. How many names do you have to type in? What's a good time? For well, them? it's different because they have you know the varsity level. They ride a little bit of a longer race uh, than the rest of them. But um, you know this goes from varsity level all the way down to sixth grade, and it's boys and girls. They go through the woods. And they stuff, they right? absolutely they're on the mountain bike trails. The ones that I'm scared to death of, they're just flying across them like they're nothing. The jumps and the yep. you know hairpin turns and that kind of thing. And uh, I mean, if you've never seen that, you know, seen those kids do that, um, it's it's really interesting because they all uh, like camp out together at the at at, a, at the mountain biking, uh, you know, like right in an open field or something. They have vendors there and things like that. But all these kids with their colorful cycling jerseys and their nice bikes, you know, and it's it's just a it's it's just a growing, a rapidly growing sport in this area, and, and you know, and I'm glad to see it because it's it's for all you know, anybody can do this. So we're up against a break again right here. And then when we come back, we'll be joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Leland Barclay. He is our regular guest every week. He will be with us, and we'll talk about football going on around the state and the River Valley and some from up here. So you won't want to miss that. Come right back. You're listening to The Shop, part of the Daily Shuffle. Hang with us. We'll be back. It's The Shop on The Daily Shuffle. Now back to The Shop with Chip Souza. We are three quarters into this week's show, and we are now joined by Leland Barclay down in the River Valley. He's he's up on that telephone pole. Ricky, he got Sarah to connect him to us, and I think we, we're bringing him in. Leland, are you there?
5: Hey, it's a nice day to be up on the uh, telephone pole. The last day of this hot weather from what I understand. So I guess... Tomorrow night, it's going to feel a little more like football season at the stadiums across the state.
0: We hope so. So, Leland, uh, kind of give us—we're going to kind of do a little bit of a rundown, and, and we'll also take a look at a couple of big games this week. But, Leland, I want to start with Van Buren's big win last week against Rogers. We knew Van Buren was, you know, going to be improved, and they just absolutely—you know—they laid the hammer down on Rogers.
5: Well, they did. Uh, Coach Tuck this week said that it was, you know, obviously their most complete game of the season. The kicking game was stellar. The defense was great. And uh, of course, the offense scored uh, on its first five possessions. The defense added a score. Van Buren scored the first possession of the second half and then added a field goal. So they were really, the offense was seven for seven with a field goal and uh, You know, scored fifty two points, which is the most ever they've scored against a team in the state's largest classification.
0: So that was a big win for Van Buren and the pointers. Really big as far as playoffs are concerned to get a win like that against Rogers. But Leland, did you have you had a chance to see Bryant play? Because I'm telling you from what I have seen of them, I don't see anybody beating them. But then again, you know, I know they could have a bad game, somebody can raise their level of play, but my goodness, they are just ferocious.
5: Well, you know, I think it was just about this point about three years ago that I remember talking to probably you and maybe Walter about how uh, Springdale Harbor was the number one team in the state, and they were just rolling over people, and we were actually talking about who we thought they were going to play in the state championship game, and they were nowhere to be found, you know, so, so things can can turn Anjuries, and change very yeah. quickly yep. in the state's largest classification. And the funny thing about the 7A West and the 7A Central this week is that the the teams that won last week are playing against each other this week. The teams that lost last week are playing against each other. So we've got four games with 1-0s and versus 1-0s and and four games with 0-1s versus 0-1s. And that's significant because obviously that means... Two of those teams in each conference are going to advance, and they're going to be two and zero for the season. Right. Two other teams in the conference in each one of those is going to be zero and two. That's and right. Really going to have to be. Uh, you know, they're going to have to do some yep. some digging out. But that also means the next week when we look at the standings, there's going to be four teams in the middle of each conference at one and one. One and one. Right.
2: Right. Hey, Leland, uh, this is uh, Rick Fires. Uh, we, we, you, I'm glad you mentioned that everything anything can happen. Uh, we, Chip and I saw a great Bentonville team. Uh, they are really good on it. The, they forced – Three interceptions, two fumbled, um, and then they Blocked what else the they do? Block the punt, forced a, a safety, For, uh, forced a safety. Their field goal kicker made four consecutive in the fourth quarter. So that's a solid team. And like you said, you know, uh, Bryant's not going to uh, put up a banner just yet, are they?
5: No, because the thing about Benville, and they've kind of. Um, you know, resorted back to some of the old school football because they're yes. only allowing 223 yards a game, which is just phenomenal in this age yep. of you know the wide open spread offenses. They like to run the ball. They play defense. They have a good good kicking game, and those three things will take a team very, very, very far in the state uh, in the state playoffs, and of course in in conference play too.
0: Now, Leland, our big game of the week up here is going to be Bentonville West at Springdale this week. Now, West comes in after uh, a win uh, last week, open, open conference play, the big win against Fayetteville. Springdale has won three games in a row, Leland. Did you see that as a, as a possibility before the season started, considering they had to replace about 95% of their offense from last year?
5: No, I didn't, but it doesn't surprise me that a Zach Clark coach team has a very good quarterback, and Connor Hutchins is very good. And, you know, him and Ladarius Wansley, 39 catches for 604 yards and 10 touchdowns already this year, they may have the best pass catch combination in Class 7A.
0: It's, it should be a good one. I, you know, Wansey's one of those kind of kids that they've used him. You know, lined him up in a, a lot several different spots on the field to get him the ball, especially to try to get him the ball in space because he's just as dangerous after the catch as he is going. You know, going deep, uh, he's got you know good speed anyway. Um, so they've done a good job of finding ways, creative ways to get him the ball. I know they're missing Gilberto Dominguez, their running back. He he hurt his knee. They think he may be back by the end of the season. Zach Arnes is in there shaking his head, but I've heard otherwise. It maybe they're hopeful, always hopeful uh, that they could get him back. But uh, do you see Leland? Uh, you know, can, can Springdale
5: somehow hang with West this week? Oh, well, I don't think there's any doubt they can because of their offense. Uh, you know, Bentonville West, again, they're still kind of young, too. They lost all those three-year starters. So I'm not convinced that Bentonville West is, is, you know, at the very top, the upper echelon of the conference just yet because I still think uh, the conference, the way it's going to look next week with two 2-0s, two four one and 1-1s, you know, we may see that uh, most of the year in the West, unlike the Central, which I think is going to be top-heavy. I think the game Friday night, Conway at North Little Rock, huge. Will, probably, will probably determine second place and that other first-round bye, although, like you said, we haven't awarded anything to Bryant just yet.
0: Now, Lena, let's go down to Class 3A. Let's talk about those Cedarville Pirates. I yes. mean, how about a huge win for them to go over to Lamar last week and fought there through the, to the end of the game and got a, win, a road win at Lamar. That was huge for them.
5: That was gigantic. Uh, first four and zero start for Cedarville since two thousand and one. Wow! So it's uh, you know they're they're very excited in in North Crawford County and and that was the game I really wanted to see because you know they were pretty excited to go three and zero and and finish out non conference play undefeated. And they were excited about that, rightfully so. But the game at Lamar and the key there is at Lamar. That to me was going to be the telltale game because now you know they play mansfield week nine and boonville week 10 and if they can uh you know kind of keep their heads uh you know they 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 may go into that stretch undefeated even though there's still a lot of ball left to be played. And i know coaches hate to hear that stuff but uh they could go into that uh, those two games riding high and with a lot of confidence
0: now those of us who are throwing dirt on charleston after going winless and non-conference, well, mm-hmm. guess what? The Tigers jumped up last week and laid the smack on Greenland. And this, let me tell you, that's a, it's a good Greenland team. It is. So, Charleston is like uh, – uh, Leland, you remember this? The old Abe Lemons, uh, you know, uh, coaching show he had when he rose up out of the casket and said, I ain't dead yet. <laughs> That's, that was Charleston last week. They kind of rose up a little bit, and they've had a coaching change over there, and it's taken them a few games to kind of get adjusted. Their quarterback is enormous. He's a huge kid, uh, Braden Ross. and, and so son. Yeah, taking a little time to kind of get that going. But, man, that they absolutely answered the bell last week, wouldn't you say, Leland?
5: Yeah, you're right. That was another one of those games that, uh, well, like you said, just really people had written them off, and I think they're uh, – their uh, early demise has kind of been uh, exaggerated, yep. and, and let's don't forget they are still Charleston, yes, and they, they still know how to win, yep. obviously. And it's in the conference play now, which means you know those that non-conference, uh, you know how bad they looked in non-conference, doesn't mean a thing now.
0: Nope. Nope. So, big, big win. That's a big, huge game in the 3-A-1 conference is Cedarville-Charleston. That, that is a huge game this week.
2: Hey, and the good thing about that, it's kind of old school football. I don't think uh, Cedarville has thrown more than 10 passes, but they want to line up and just bring it to you, and it's going to be up to um, uh, Charleston to see if they can stop them.
5: Absolutely. Both of those teams like to run the ball. Charleston, you know, they've they've thrown it a little more the last few years, but I think they're running it now with uh, with Coach May and – and you're right, it's going to be kind of an old school. Uh, I know, Rick, you love the word slobberknocker, so you might get to use it on that one.
0: Didn't say he could spell it, but he likes to say it. I use it every day. Yeah. And then, Leland, <laughs> how about in the 5A West, Farmington? How about Farmington? 4 uh, Alma against Alma. I mean, you know, I didn't see this coming from Alma at all. Leland, has this taken you by surprise? we got about well, one yes, minute. We've got to wrap it up fast.
5: Yeah, because I think if anybody would have said before the year, okay, one of those teams is going to be 4-0 and 1-0, and the other one's going to be 0-4 and 0-1, which one do you pick? Yep. It would not have been – uh, Farmington at 4-0 and Alma at 0-4 and that's a big game for the playoffs because uh, especially for Alma.
0: Absolutely. Well Leland as always thanks for joining us uh, again this week and we have Leland on every week to bring us the uh, the knowledge that none of us have. Absolutely. So Leland though you got some good, a good game you'll see tomorrow night. Thanks for jumping on with us. That wraps up today's yeah, show. Thanks for know. listening to the shop with us. We will catch you next week.